Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 173 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joker Patrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, we've got a buttload of news today. <laughs> it's uh, true. Can't confirm. Yeah. Which is, man, we were just talking before we pressed a cord about, <laughs> I, I just so much has happened in the past week that I assumed we had already talked about talked about this on the uh, show because it feels like it's been like weeks since any of this happened for some reason to me uh, but yeah we haven't talked about a lot a lot of stuff that Overwatch has announced as well as um, some cool signings in Overwatch League and some Overwatch League announcements in general so playoff info all that stuff so geez lots of stuff Joe Oh yeah, let's dive into it. Yeah, it's been uh, uh, you know rumors and leaks and stuff for so long, but we got some concrete stuff to talk about. Oh yeah, um, we'll start off with um, not so spicy news, um, although some uh, a cool signing in here, honestly, um, that I did not expect. Uh, there are two signings uh, since our last show. Both are from Hangzhou and Guangzhou. The first one is Hangzhou signing Teru. Um, and then Neko moving from a coaching role to a player. Um, so that's very interesting for Hangzhou, a team that really struggled in the last meta, but on uh, the previous two metas were looking really good. And even the meta before that, were they were looking very strong and possibly could have taken that um, midseason madness, obviously. Um, but yeah, Teru and Neko. Of course, Neko we've seen in the league before uh was a coach this time around um and has been a coach since 2020 i believe um but we've seen neko on boston and toronto previously before that and then teru you'll recognize from vancouver titans back uh last year last season so teru back in the league neku joining or neko joining um irony and super rich in that support line they have in Hangzhou, um, which you know, I don't, I don't think Irene and Super Rich have been saying. I don't know if Neku and Teru is the answer, um, because uh, you know, it's it's mainly been the shy show over in Hangzhou. What do you think about these settings, Joe? Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty fair assessment. It's it's be interesting to see. Um, I mean, with the the exception of um, like Jake, I guess, uh, has sort of been the only other. Um, player to make that kind of transition, you know, from um, from an active player to, um, you know, I mean, he casted for a while, um, uh, and like, uh, but, but then you know, coaching staff, and then back to playing a little bit. Um, and so, so that'll just be an interesting, interesting transition, I'm sure, just to live if in, on the part of Neko, but also to see how um, that ends up working out for Hangzhou. Um, um, and, and yeah, the the way uh, as we are anticipating, you know, the good chunk of changes um, uh, for this coming month, you know, another um, new perspective uh, for the team. Oh yeah, um, I think it's going to be uh, cool to see if the, how much they use these two. But uh, a little spoiler for my power rankings uh, later. But I think the spark will hopefully bounce back here in this next uh, upcoming meta. Um, it's sort of a spoiler to both of our... Me, me and Joe didn't take jokes too seriously into account in our power rankings. I think a lot of people believe that 
that meta will probably be very different from uh, the next meta we get. So uh, I think it's open for any of these teams, including Hangzhou, to make a huge bounce back. Um, a team that uh, maybe wishes Jotes would continue because that was their best stage yet uh, is the Guangzhou Charge. Uh, I, I wouldn't, but I personally wouldn't even attribute it to um, to Jotes. I think they just made some really good rost- mar- roster moves, picking up Jimmy Aprita, some really good players. Uh, now they have Piggy joining their roster as well from the Houston Outlaws. Of course, the Outlaws dropping him a little bit ago. Uh, more importantly, Joe, I guess we found out where uh, Pelican's going to be playing next year. Uh, because apparently he follows he loves piggy and he went to houston because piggy was in houston um so guangzhou congratulations on landing pelican yeah yeah long-awaited signing uh for for piggy fans and for houston fans um uh, that's for sure and i mean um yeah i'll be really interested to see how uh you know his obviously his role on on houston seemed pretty 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 straightforward, I guess. Uh, particularly early in the, early in the season, so we interested to see how uh, they end up slotting him in um, um, with Guangzhou. But yeah, I mean, now's the time. Uh, as far as that goes, you know, for uh, if you're gonna be, you know, making a you know last ditch hail mary, whatever, um, <laughs> you know, to try to um, get some some shaking things up pre play ins, pre playoffs. Um, I mean, now's the time when you're the Guangzhou Charge in the hot seat uh, in the East right now. So, oh yeah, they're aiming for planes. They're aiming to make it into playoffs. I would say they also uh, they're making tons of moves here towards the later later half of the season, uh, including uh, bringing back Ty Dalla, who, uh, if you don't know Ty Dalla, he's been an assistant coach basically throughout uh, since 2018. I'd say, and uh, he started with the Guangzhou Charge uh, from 2018 to 2020 before he went to the Gladiators and then was with the Justice this past season. Of course, Justice did not do too well, but I will say the Gladiators um, that uh, are the people that are with the Gladiators that coached with Ty Dalla have, have a lot of good stuff to say about Ty Dalla um, or even played as a player. So. I think they had pretty high expectations for him sort of helping Washington um, break out uh, and hit that next level. That did not happen. But Ty Dalla will be heading back to Guangzhou, uh, where he had a relatively successful time, uh, especially towards um, the latter half of his uh, coaching there. So we'll see if that helps as well. All we know is Guangzhou is they're they're all in on trying to make playoffs here. So good for them oh yeah i mean that's uh you know <laughs> that's the perspective to have like i mentioned at this point so yeah we're getting there yeah um all right let's move into just overwatch 2 news in general here uh move away from overwatch league for a second uh last week we talked about um leaks basically and now we're finally getting a bunch of official stuff um one <laughs> I think it was one day later last week after we recorded the show, they just dropped this at like 3 a.m. Pacific time, um, which is very tough for, I know our social team over the Gladiators were very upset about that because they just woke up to a bunch of news and they were like, oh, I have to make a tweet about this immediately. Like, ever, <laughs> they just announced so much stuff. 
one of the first things they announced was Kiriko, um, brand new uh, support, Fox support girl who got leaked is now officially announced. Uh, her full kit is out. She will be playable for Overwatch League playoffs. And today we got uh, a full origin story video as well as a dev update video, which I highly recommend. Uh, if you only have time for to do one thing, to just go to that dev update video. I think they just nail it and cover it super well. They even touch on things from the origin story videos. So um, I, I highly, I like what they're doing with the dev updates, by the way. Uh, now that they no longer have Jeff, they're just giving the spotlight to a bunch of different um, developers we have not seen ever. So uh was happy to see that as well. Uh, but yeah, Joe, if you want to, if you want to take us down Kiriko's kit here um, and, and talk through sort of what kind of support she's she's going to be, um, that'd be great. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, pulling uh, pull in, like we talked about, elements of uh, her backstory a little bit that we know um, and all those kind of things. We know she's a, um, a sport hero, obviously, uh, who in the lore was... Um, uh, 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 grew up with uh, Genji and Hanzo Shimada. Uh, uh, I get the impression she's not a, a Shimada herself, but um, her mother trained them all, uh, all three of them. Um, uh, and in particular, her, the mother was sort of the like martial offensive character, and the grandmother was sort of the um, like healer character. And so a lot of her 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 thematic point is you know blending. Um, you know the the damage and the healing and the traditional and the modern and the the techie and the you know all this kind of stuff uh, that Overwatch is really good at communicating. Um, but as far as her actual abilities, uh, you know that's that's borne out in those as well, uh, where her primary fire, uh, the kunai, uh, is a, a thrown projectile. Evidently, in the most recent build that we've seen, um, it deals like forty damage if you hit a body shot. So not you know, super a lot, um, but it's the first um, damage in Overwatch at all that does um, uh, triple headshot damage. Uh, so it's 40 body shot, but 120 if you hit a headshot um, uh, on those those offensive primary fire. Uh, her secondary fire, on the other hand, is the healing Ofuda, um, which uh, I guess is like little like card looking things yeah, uh, that she can throw at people and they, yeah, little papery, papery things <laughs> that she'll throw at uh, her allies and they, um, they'll, they'll home in a little bit. They'll kind of track allies. Um, uh, and there's a little bit of delay. They move kind of slowly, but to do, um, a bit of healing there. And so there's, um, you know, you sort of back and forth from your, uh, left click and right click, uh, as far as those things go. Um, she does have, um, presumably, actually, I don't know which would be which, but uh, her, her two side abilities, her E and her shift. Uh, the first is Swift Step, uh, which allows you to teleport um, directly to an ally, uh, even through walls. Um, uh, and the, the range we've seen is it's a pretty pretty high range, uh, potentially, uh, that this is accessible, which is um, definitely going to be interesting as well. So kind of like Guardian Angel, but... Um, um, it's a more of a, a teleport ability. Um, and then the other uh, secondary ability here for Kiriko is the Protection Suzu, um, which I think I've, I've heard described as like um, 
themed like a bell. I haven't ever actually taken a good look at what the actual projectile looks like, but it's a projectile thing uh, that she can throw to do a very temporary, um, uh, like the immortality field from Baptiste, but it's a, it's a very temporary AOE uh, sort of burst of invulnerability for like half a second. Um, it does a little bit of healing, again, on the most recent um, like dev patch that seems to have been existing. Um, um, but and also cleanses uh, negative status effects, uh, which is notable because it's, I think, only the second ability in the game that can do that. Uh, the other one, of course, being Zarya Bowl, and even that is, like, um, number one, not a sport hero, and number two, uh, I think, is still limited in its use. Um, uh, but so that but so that's uh, interesting. It's all her regular abilities, um, other than of course the wall climb, uh, because everyone who is from Japan uh, can climb walls. That's just how it works. Um, and also, you know, it's thematic to go with the the Shimada connection and all this kind of stuff. Um, but then uh, the ultimate Kitsune Rush. Um, uh, that there's a, a really cool visual. It's kind of, it looks like um, of like the the gates and the fox that sort of go out uh, ahead of her in a sort of AOE kind of setup um, um, that gives allies increased movement speed, increased attack speed, um, and uh, decreased or like sped up cooldowns uh, of allies in the the area of this of this uh, fox path thing. Uh, which sounds like it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty significant, pretty, um, pretty intense, um, in terms of like a, a powerful uh, uh, addition to the kit. Um, and obviously, there's all kinds of impressions going around. It sounds like um, uh, some of the content creators got to uh, actually play a build um, at some points recently. Um, among the stuff that they were like NDA'd for, uh, and so there's different impressions of the actual gameplay. But uh, as far as the the you know the the lore and the um, general kit setup and all that kind of stuff, it's um, definitely interesting and definitely um, we'll get into this later too. But definitely another example of um, um, you, you can see elements in her of uh, this sort of new. Uh, balance strategy they're talking about in terms of making sure that there are more um, uh, almost redundancies in in the hero roster but uh, like for example that she has an immortality field like ability she has a you know um, Zenyatta primary fire like ability you know um, uh, to 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 make um, uh, more overlaps and more viability and different kinds of heroes yeah definitely she she definitely seems to <clears throat> be similar to like junker queen and how much different things she can do and how much different uh ability she has and how much she just has a wide range of things and a wide range of utility um and suzu seems to me like um what immortality field almost should have been based on the design of it so far, which is just um, a quick throw of um, immortality, basically. That's less than a second long. You have to be really skilled and time it at the exact right time. Um, other, you know, the example they keep showing is Riptire, uh, Junkrat's ultimate, obviously. 
Um, and I think there's some counterplay to it with Riptire. You can sort of try to fake out the Kiriko um, and scare and wait for um, Kiriko to throw the Suzu, and then you can trigger the Riptire. There's still some counterplay to it, you know. Um, whereas if Bat throws Immortality Field, like, and you have a Riptire, um, yeah, it, you're just not like you just have to click it. So you could just kill the Immortality Field because that's your best option at that point. Unless you're just going to wait a very long time for your teammates to kill it, which, you know. So I think I really like Suzu. I know people do, uh, immediately hear Immortality, they want to die, but I think it's just, it's on a long cooldown and, um, and it lasts very short. I think Suzu's also really cool because it um, will not only be used for Immortality and can be used for some really, like, important things. Like, it's a cleansing ability. And it's the first one that it's the first big counter to sleep dart. If your um, teammate is sleeping, you can use Suzu. Imagine you have a, a blading Genji who gets slept. You can use Suzu, wake up the blading Genji, and all of a sudden Genji pops off um, for four or five kills. That'd be nuts. It counters huge, like it just counters Anna. Let's be honest, <laughs> uh, because it counters anti uh, her anti grenade. Lana throws an anti-grenade at your whole team. It's a huge one. You're stuck in maybe a Graviton search. You just throw Suzu. Everyone's out of anti-heal, and you can heal everyone again. Stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's going to be very, very cool to see. It's on a short cooldown. It's going to be cool to see the best uh, flex support players in the world sort of um, obviously be masters with this ability and use it at the exact right time to counter uh, the most important thing they need to counter each fight, you know? Uh, and oh, yeah. yeah, and Joe mentioned the critical shot on the kunai. That's going to be great to see. Um, I, this is just a very another very skill based um, here. The fact that her healing ability is just is hone is just a honing ability too. It's like a less. It's not you don't have to be as skilled um, at healing uh, as you do on Ana, which is nice for a lot of people who you know don't have as good of aim and felt bad that they couldn't heal their teammates uh that's another thing i like about her overall i'm just excited uh the ultimate does seem nuts though i will say that uh it depends on the numbers for it obviously but get, it gives your teammates everything <laughs> like it just powers them up um in every asset which which is crazy um but yeah, anything else to mention about Kiriko? Eddie, do you like your design? I, there are a lot of people on uh, the Overwatch subreddit complaining about the design, but I think it's just because they want to complain about everything right now. Uh. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, yeah, she's a she's a sore subject right now in general. Um, but yeah, as, as far as the hero goes, it's definitely going to be definitely going to be an interesting hero. Um, they uh, they gave us a little bit of background about her development and this kind of stuff. Uh, apparently at, at one point they were considering uh, some kind of like smoke bomb ability um, rather than uh, I think it was in, in place of the protection Suzu that they uh, play tested for a while and didn't like the 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 way that changed um, play and so, so we may see something like that again but not, not in this hero obviously. Um, I'm trying to think the other interesting thing about her development oh yeah that it sounded like um i believe from the dev update sounded like originally she was not going to be a support um because they had a big uh they had concept art of like a big giant 
rotating fidget spinner weapon thing uh they were going to give her and then they they took it away to you know in favor of this other character direction but i just thought that was interesting uh um uh you know a little insight into the the way the the character changed yeah i think they said well it was originally an ai it was going to just be an ai boss um she was going to be an ai boss and then they decided to make her a support and wanted to like figure out a way to use that fidget spinner thing, but then realized like, uh, that's just like too DPS focus, or it's just like a weapon that would be on a DPS. So maybe we see that weapon come back because it did look sick. Um, it was like this big fidget. Oh, yeah. f- they said fidget spinner. I'd never would have guessed fidget spinner, but uh, yeah, they said <laughs> fidget spinner. It's a big, basically just a big circular uh, like knife, a shuriken thing um, that would be sick. I could I could see. I could see him giving it to like a tank. Yeah, it could or be a cool new tank. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, yeah. What if it? Oh, well, I guess now that I say that, it's kind of like Joker Queen's knife. But you could you could give it like a, you could give a, a tank like a Thor mechanic where you yeah. like throw it out and call it back. And so that's what Joker Queen does. Yeah. But, but you can still do it. Cool. Joker Queen's like more. It's like a hog hook almost. It's mainly a hog hook. Yeah. Like you could just have that for like a, just a damage per purpose you're not like really moving anyone you know like a boomerang no one really has like a boomerang right um it's true yeah, yeah. i think that'd be cool actually uh reminds me of like sivir in league of legends for any league players out there like we need a sivir character almost um but yeah I, i'm super exci- i'll be honest i'm super excited about this like I, this stuff hypes me up just watching a dev update again just it made me realize, oh, wow, we're almost back. We're almost back to Overwatch being a thing. Oh, yeah. And it sounds like, again, based on leaks we've seen, um, there there may be like a proper actual cinematic, yeah. too, uh, that's coming at some point in the universe. We don't know when. Um, uh, but that didn't come in this, um, in this set of yeah, releases. Yeah, I imagine maybe next week or, yeah, probably next week. Um, We'll see. Uh, but yeah, there is... That got leaked, so that's definitely happening as well. Um, okay, and then obviously we... Last week we talked about John Spector's tweet and them leaking that um, Heroes are behind a battle pass and we... Uh, this, this past week we got the full rundown of what exactly the battle pass is going to be, how much it costs... Um, what the new like currency is called and how you can earn that currency for free and all this stuff. Um, and there's a lot of info in it. Absolutely a lot of info in it. Um, so I, Battle Pass is going to cost $10, which I, I believe we were guessing and wasn't like fully confirmed, but that's just the standard um, in gaming almost at this point. So if it wasn't $10 uh, and it was more, that would have been concerning. Um and it's it's a thousand overwatch coins so you'll buy overwatch coins and then you can use the overwatch coins to buy the battle pass and you can also earn the overwatch coins the current screenshots we have um i believe it seems like you can make you can earn 60 overwatch coins per week i think something like that um which would land you at getting a free battle pass every two battle passes instead of every one which is um, in Fortnite and in Apex, I think, or some other, whatever other battle pass lets you earn the next one. I think it's Apex. Um, 
you can get a new you can earn one every single battle pass um so i think a lot of people we also have not fully like that was just like weekly rewards we haven't we don't have the full scope so we don't know if you can only earn 60s but as of now that's where we're at yeah i haven't put much stock in the numbers yeah same here a lot of people were doing the math and i was like yeah probably shouldn't do that yet we're we we don't fully know quite yet um they confirmed what number on the track each hero will be uh well i guess i guess they didn't say every hero they just said where kiriko will be technically so they could change this for for the next hero Um, but it's on 55 of 80 there are 80 total tiers um and 55 is the number they have landed on which i'm not the biggest fan of i'll be honest um if i'm like super into this game i'll i'll probably be someone who buys the battle pass i'm someone who does not mind putting ten dollars uh in a game i consistently play a lot um ten dollars uh and this won't be every month ten dollars every three months two or three months so i'm totally down for that personally but for the people who don't want to do that um or for the people like uh under 18 and don't have a job and uh stuff like that uh they will have to grind to level 55 which i still am not a fan of like me and joe mentioned last week um yeah and while we're talking about these details uh it is obviously relevant to mention that um specifically for kiriko at this very first battle pass uh not only are they you know she's on tier 55 of the free battle pass uh if you buy the um premium battle pass you'll get it automatically and it sounds like that's going to be standard for all new heroes uh but specifically for kiriko also if you um have the overwatch one founders pack uh so if you if you owned overwatch one by like june or something of this year um uh, you'll also get her for free uh and so that's that's notable there to you know think about in this conversation so really the only people who would need to unlock her are like the true like free-to-play just joined new overwatch um uh players but of course you know that being said um uh for for future heroes everybody's gonna be in the same boat um yeah it's um i I mean like like you said we talked about it last week too but uh as much as i as much as i really do like um basically everything else about the the battle pass and i'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to be able to bring for us um uh definitely probably like at least that magnitude is how much i'm (laughs) still wish that the the you know hero locking was um not the way it sounds like it's gonna be i am with you i think that's if i had to look if i had to like remember i i do think this is just like my one complaint like i think i like almost everything else i think this based off they've shown us almost all of the cosmetics you'll earn on this premium battle pass and it blows me away how good this stuff is like i don't know battle there's a bunch of battle passes specifically i'm going to call out valorant because i think its battle passes are absolute garbage like the valorant battle pass sucks i'll say it it, all the gun skins suck (laughs) the sprays are garbage you don't get any currency like it's just bad and not it's not fun and then you have a battle pass like i will say like epic puts out an amazing fortnite battle pass and i knew blizzard would 
would never just put a bunch of janky, crappy skins and sprays and all that stuff in, in their battle pass. I knew Blizzard would step up to the plate and put some amazing skins. And it looks like we're going to get some of the best skins we've ever seen in Overwatch. I'll be honest. Like, uh, the Genji Mythic skin looks just nuts. I can't wait to unlock that thing, even though I don't play Genji. I'll probably start playing some Genji. Um, even the Diva skin you unlock immediately looks so cool. Uh, so I'm super excited for that. Uh, there's an epic Junkrat skin that a lot of people are gushing over that people thought was a legendary skin. It's an epic skin. So um, it seems like epic and legendaries are... Epics usually are just like a little like advanced recoloring almost of an original skin or just a little tweak to the original skin, and now they're going to be even more, it would seem. Um, So overall, like, I don't know. I knew that if they were able to do this free-to-play model, they would have more resources and more money to be put into some more insane skins, and it's already paying off, even though they haven't even made any... I mean, I guess they probably have made a lot of money off the Watchpoint pack, so maybe that's where it's coming from, but... Yeah, these skins are nuts. Um, are you in agreement, Joe? Oh yeah, yeah. The the and just the variety of things too. I mean, again, I, I'm sure it's very intentional uh, for the purpose of you know making sure that people, you know, that, that there's something for everyone in terms of you know something that you want to play and um, and unlock for. But yeah, the the skins and victory poses and play the game intros, but also. Uh, the weapon charms they're adding, uh, souvenirs they're adding, which is like everybody gets sort of a default emote that then can show off um, one of these like souvenir trinkets, I guess, in game. Um, uh, more sprays. They're gonna have um, uh, uh, titles. Uh, they didn't. They didn't uh, explicify, explicify, which is <laughs> a combination of um, clarify and explain um they, they didn't clarify what exactly that would look like or you know what form that would take but um once you get to the end of the battle pass um um there are prestige tiers that'll unlock titles uh that you can do um yes it's a lot of variety of things uh and that's definitely exciting um uh, the, the other thing I'll highlight uh just from this this main article that we're looking at um that has been you know, different things that have been overlooked. Uh, sometimes they uh, confirmed they'll have a, um, a sort of personalized to the user uh, selection of cosmetics and stuff that you can buy individually um, based on based on what you prefer to play and equip in game. Um, so presumably that means you know the heroes you pl- you play a lot um, will have more uh, more things that are available, which is kind of nice. Um, and again, you know, is incentive to to either play to win the currency or or pay to get the currency and whatever, whatever to unlock stuff. Um, you're right; the mythic skin is included. Um, um, yeah, when you they, they confirmed when you group up, um, you get a twenty percent uh, battle pass XP boost, which which is interesting. Um, yeah, they always they always like uh, uh, giving you. Uh extra stuff for grouping up that's for sure yeah in this in this release they also confirmed uh when when the game launches uh we'll have a junkenstein's revenge 
uh, <laughs> because of course we will, because it'll be October, but it'll be Junkenstein's, it'll be a new mode, uh, Junkenstein's Revenge, Wrath of the Bride. Uh, it sounds like it'll be completely new, um, uh, PVE experience. Yeah. So that'll be nice. Um, that's cool to know, like little holiday events will stay in the game. And I imagine they'll have like, uh, skin bundles to buy. Of course, when that's happening, they already confer- oh, sure. They already showed us a really cool witch skin from uh, for Kiriko. So the people are all over, and that that event uh, is confirmed to be October twenty fifth through November eighth. So oh, okay, so yeah, not quite so not a launch. Um, yeah, go on that. The Twitter has just like a really good graphic, honestly, of just like everything that's coming with season one. Um, and uh, it includes a preview of like one of the first skin bundles that will be available in the store and it's this really sick widow skin um so that comes with not only a skin but a spray and it looks like a weapon charm so yeah uh looks like the bundles will be like that and uh a lot of people are for yeah a lot of people are kind of pushing also to the side um that they talked a little bit more about uh the new map as well um, and and re- release some more screenshots that they didn't really release themselves, I guess. Like, it was more uh, journalists, game journalists, and game websites that we got to see that from. Um, and once again, talking about how uh, it's a very unique map in uh, flanking-wise and stuff like that. So st- excited to see more about that as we get closer. I imagine we will as well. And they they did confirm uh it sounded like that the portugal will also be um in Alpha okay cool well. didn't, so didn't cool. hear that before yeah. um that's great uh but yeah basically confirming a lot of stuff uh that is coming out for season one uh, we got to see a lot of screenshots of like the battle pass what that looks like all that stuff um and also sojourner junker queen will be free for everybody uh so that's another yes. important one. Um, and yeah, as, as we get more info, we'll we'll talk about it. But overall, I'm feeling positive on it, despite uh, heroes being locked behind the paddle pass now. It, it just feels like something we're just going to have to accept and live with at this point. Um, and we'll see how badly it affects the game and getting new players, uh, because I do think it could could affect that for sure. But for now, we'll just uh, we'll see how the launch goes. Oh yeah. Uh, the other thing I'll highlight in this batch of stuff that came out, uh, like we said at 3 a.m. Pacific one day, um, uh, they did uh, go into a little little more detail, and I sort of alluded to it earlier in the show uh, about um, a sort of a new or a shift in balance philosophy. Uh, I'll just quote here from the article. Uh, it says, as we build new heroes and balance the existing cast for a new 5v5 PvP experience, we've shifted our hero design approach to allow you to have an impact on your matches with a range of different heroes and strategies. This means reducing the presence of specific hard counters to heroes. While Overwatch 2 heroes will each have their own clear strengths and weaknesses, and some heroes will be more effective against others, we believe our game plays better and is more fun with fewer hard counters and a broader range of effective hero picks. A further benefit is having your personal favorite heroes be viable more often. That philosophy will be guiding us moving forward. Um, and so that was you know, presented in this case as a way to sort of um, justify or explain why... Um, it sounds like they're not uh, concerned necessarily about um, um, uh, keeping heroes behind um, 
the battle pass, it says there's, there's going to be a delay before uh, heroes are accessible in competitive anyway. Um, uh, but it, I just it, um, I just think it's going to be interesting, uh, particularly as the hero roster continues to get bigger. You know, if we're getting a new hero every, uh, you know, four months or so, um, um, you know, there's there's going to be different kinds of overlap. There's going to be different kinds of new new takes on um, um, already existing mechanics. So you know that includes uh, like the immortality field, for example. Um, and, and different ways that they can be applied um, to where um, a, a lot less of the you know rock paper scissors kind of um, hard counter things that we've seen in the past and so that's um, it, it, it'll probably be good it'll it, like we're talking about it'll take some some getting used to there may be some growing pains um, for the player base broadly but um, uh, I, I don't know I'm, I'm at least you know, we're willing to try it um, and and see how uh, uh, they're able to make that, you know, into a reality. Yeah, I, I am too, especially because, I don't know, knowing Kiriko's, like, abilities, it doesn't feel like she really follows that philosophy I, too much. Because um, she does seem like a really good counter to a lot of specific heroes. So, um yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. I, I'm interested to see what that means exactly, uh, and see if that works out. Um, I, I mean, it's not like Anna like needs a counter that badly, or like if someone has an. It, it's more of like if someone has a fairy, you need a hit scan, right? You absolutely need a hit scan. But if someone has an Anna, I don't think you're gonna need a Kiriko. Uh, Anna's like not on the loose, like. Um, destroying everybody to the point where she, you can't beat her unless you have a Kiriko. Uh, I think it's more fitting for st- stuff like Echo and Pharah where it's really hard to kill an Echo and Pharah without uh, a hitscan hero. Um, luckily, we have many hitscan options at this point, though, as well. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a great addition to that as well. There's a bunch of stuff out on the internet. I was also going to mention that they... Uh, and the, with the Kiriko news today, they also, uh, in an interview, mentioned that Kiriko had smokes at some point, like in Valorant. Uh, they have smokes, and in CSGO, they have smokes and all that stuff. Uh, apparently, they don't want to have smokes in Overwatch for now, um, because it just it, it made um, it made things look, visually look not great and hard to see, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like they're avoiding smokes, but... Um, they are not against like flashes uh, or like a flash grenade type ability. So we'll see if a hero comes out soon with a flash uh, grenade type ability. Um, Alright. That was all the Overwatch 2 stuff. Lots <laughs> of stuff and more stuff to come I presume with the game being two weeks away from today. So Let's move on to Overwatch League playoffs, which we officially finally got the announcement. Uh, It's going to be in Anaheim, California, Uh, back at uh, where they held BlizzCon Um, and a huge place in in Overwatch history because uh, we got the Overwatch World Cup there. Uh, So that's absolutely uh, amazing. Everyone should be super excited for that. Uh, They announced the official dates are October 30th through November 4th. It's hidden in the fine details and is hard to 
and is very like poorly designed in my opinion on their website um, because they have tickets coming soon under October 30th to November 3rd, which is just very misleading. Uh, basically only the third and the fourth are going to be in person and you can buy tickets for them. Um, whereas the 30th through November 2nd will not be, uh, will not have a crowd. I don't think it's, uh, determined whether or not they will be playing those games on stage or what I imagine they couldn't get the convention center for those days is the main reason why. So yeah, they, they described it in today's video. I think they called it, it'll be like a studio setting or something for those first, yeah. um, those first games. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, th- that's, that's basically the big news. I'm super excited to have, uh, have it near where I live. Uh, obviously I work for the gladiators, so I would have been sent to wherever it was anyways, but, um, still super fun to have it here. Uh, in California and in a place that is so um, so essential to Blizzard history as well as uh, Overwatch esports history. Um, and they released uh, what the bracket's going to look like on a day-to-day basis. Uh, it's basically the same exact bracket as Hawaii uh, and the Mid-Season Madness um, and stuff like that. Uh, and like we mentioned earlier, confirmed Carico will be available as well as the Portugal map. Uh, the prize pool was released. All that good stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, and apparently... Oh, Joe has added... Uh, oh, okay. I, I didn't watch the video, so maybe this is the video. All related Overwatch 2 cosmetics, all home and away skins will be available around playoffs. Uh, an unvaulting of all Overwatch League stuff um, will be around uh, launch as well. Uh, yeah, this came from the... The preview yeah. that uh, John Spector and Mr. X and and Zoe did. Zoe's back. She'll be back for the um, Countdown Cup, is what this tournament is. So that 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 was relevant from this video as well. But yeah, um, they 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 talked about yeah they'll they'll definitely you know these new categories of cosmetics they'll have Al stuff um, and they confirmed because and in fact what John Spector said was all of the the current um, both white and gray. Uh, Home and away owl skins, um, yeah, because it's talking about specifically like the the Overwatch yeah. League gray skins, um, uh, for all the current heroes, and he said for um like the the new heroes too, so the Chugger Queen and Kiriko and uh, Sojourn as well, uh, will be uh, available around playoffs, and and some of that through drops. It sounded like, um, I assume also you can probably purchase some of them, but. Um, and they didn't give any specific details, but yeah, that there may be some some vaulted content as well. Okay, so interesting. Yeah, lots, lots of fun, of fun stuff. stuff. Playoff seasons around the corner. It is exciting that playoffs um, will be when Overwatch Two is out, so we get to see uh, how much that has affected viewership as well. So, yeah, uh, all the all the playoff info is out. Tickets will go on sale. By the way. Um, on September 23rd and September 30th. Um, September 23rd for e- people who sign up for the newsletter specifically. Okay. Yeah. Yep, they they cool. also confirmed that. So September video. 23rd, if you sign up for the Overwatch League newsletter thing um, with your email, and then if you didn't, um, which I don't know why you wouldn't, it's free. 
Uh, you'll have to wait a week until <laughs> September 30th to get tickets. Which, by the way, is yeah. this Friday. It so, is this Friday. Very exciting. Get get your wallets ready, people who want to come to Anaheim. <laughs> if you're not near here and have to take a flight, uh, good luck to your wallet. The flights cost a lot of money right now. Um, all right. Uh, all right. Someone, uh, we, we got, um, let's see. We got, uh, we mentioned the pa- leaked patch notes last week. We didn't fully go down them or anything, but they have been heavily implied to be confirmed real by uh, Avril. So I think uh, me and Joe had to make power rankings this week. So I think we're just going to accept that these are um, it. Um, I'm not going to go through the entire patch notes, but I'll I'll go over what Avril basically implied was meta in scrims right now. And that is that Junker Queen Jotes is dead and the nerfs were successful. Um, Diva... Uh, has been used a decent amount. Um, Arissa was used uh, a little bit towards the beginning. Zarya has been good. Um, and then Sombra, DPS-wise, Sombra is one of the top picks currently. Um, and she only got one little buff, which was hack ability lockout duration increased from 1 second to 1.75. Um, so <laughs> apparently that buff was big enough to make her pretty meta. Um, so yeah, those were, there's a bunch of other ones for BAP, uh, Brig, Bastion, got some changes as well, um, and Reaper, uh, Sojourn as well, got a nerf, so, a bunch of changes in there if you want to look, read the leaked patch notes, which have been implied to be true at this point, but yeah, the biggest things for the meta, looks like, tank-wise, it's Zarya Diva currently, uh, Junker Queen has been pushed out. Uh, and then Sombra is uh, pretty big DPS-wise. So I uh, don't know if he's mentioned anything support-wise or anything like that. Have you seen anything, Joe? Um, Not really, I don't think. Uh, I know because Contenders um, recently have oh, been yeah. playing on We're this patch, too. Um, uh, and it's been some good variety, I think, um, in the support lines, so okay yeah that's, that's always good. good that the first two stages we got a lot of a lot of variety i think the second stage not so much. second stage was when zen was buffed a ton so we just saw zen every map but first stage we uh we were really all over the place i felt like um which hopefully we get back to that it's always fun to have a varied support meta uh and oh yeah, yeah somber will be interesting because we just haven't seen her be meta in a in a while here um, but yeah, that'll affect our power rankings, which we will go over right now, Joe. It's time. It's time. Um, Joe has got a tweets out on our Twitter at on the flank show. Um, uh, you should go see it. You should go look at it there because we usually don't, uh, usually don't cover or I don't like go down the list here. And it's always nice to have a visual aid for this segment. Um, but yeah, me and Joe had like fairly similar power rankings or at least fairly similar tiers last time around. I think we have here as well, uh, but we do have some big outliers. I will say that at least. Um, if we go to the bottom, if we go to the bottom. 
Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A little less. Um, if we go to the bottom, though, I think there were three clear bottom ones for me, and that was I have Paris last, New York 19, Valiant 18. Um, and Joe also has those three teams, but you have the Guangzhou Charge in there at 19, despite their um, best performance yet here, in which obviously they did not do well once they reached um, the. What, what was this? The Summer Showdown? Yeah, the Summer Showdown. <laughs> yeah, the Summer Showdown. Yeah, yeah. Once, just, obviously, they didn't yeah. do well in the Summer Showdown tournament, um, but in the qualifiers, they looked pretty dang good. Um, so, Joe, you must answer the question. Why? Still at number 19 for the Guangzhou Charge. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think the... Uh, uh, you're right. They did have a, a good month um, uh, this last this last uh, month going 4-2. and two. Um, uh, to to complement their their current uh, five and thirteen record, I mean, that their four of their five wins all season have been in this past month, um, and so that's you know certainly notable for for this what sounds like post Junker Queen era, um, uh, and I mean really that's more exemplary I think of, um, or th- that's an example of. The, the general vibe of, of why I'm keeping them down low. Um, uh, I do think, you know, bringing Piggy on board, um, you know, that may be, may be interesting for him, I think. Um, and, and some of the other roster changes that they've made recently that we already talked about earlier in the show, I think um, uh, definitely will continue to be helpful for him. Um, but uh, I, I don't know that it's going to be uh, enough very fast for him um, uh, in what has you know continued to prove to be a, a pretty tightly contested um second half of the pack at least in, in oh yeah big time um yeah i could definitely see them sort of flopping here at the end of the season season but only because apac is really competitive to to be honest like uh i i still have them a much a five spots higher than you i have them all the way at 14 i bumped them up um because i i really do think their roster is it's shaping up here and i despite i don't know i i they were good at jotes but i, I don't think they're just like a jotes one trick team either i don't think that's like uh, Kron was obviously good at junker queen but I, I think that now that they have piggy they can be a little more flexible and yeah they could they could be good in other bettas too uh, i don't think they're limited to jotes so i put them at 14 i will say i told you joe once i got to 17 i had the hardest time ever um <laughs> i thought the bottom three were oh, yeah. uh, very easy personally um but for me it was 117 that i was just some of these bottom dwellers like i have the vancouver Titans at 17 the vancouver Titans had a really good summer showdown and they looked good and i think they look like they can beat some good teams now uh, but i still put them here and i feel bad about it almost because i I don't know. Now now that we've... At the beginning of the season, we thought there were a lot of teams that weren't trying, Joe. It feels like there are a lot of teams that are all of a sudden trying, uh, which is crazy to me. Because um, we, we get to... This is how competitive a lot of these teams are now. We get to 17 and we have a team that was competing last stage. Uh, and, and look at Goodwill doing it. Huh. Was it hard for you to rank these? Like, my God. Uh, these these bottom teams are, you know, they're they've been competitive. 
Yeah, it's quite something. And I know we talked, um, uh, you know, before while we were putting these rankings together, yeah, that we, we um, took a little bit more time to, to try to make them, you know, forward thinking and, and overall for the year and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, maybe maybe close to, to final standings. You don't see how that, all that goes, obviously. But, um, but yeah, exactly these kinds of elements of, you know, the 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 way metas can shift and the way uh, teams can have um, uh, really really standout experiences and, and really not so standout experiences. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be quite the experience to to, uh, to let all this settle. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I have Vancouver at seventeen. Joe has Valiant at seventeen, which you already kind of talked about. Um, but we got some, you know, we had a real mixture of teams here in our bottom half of the power ranking. So there's no like connections we can really, really pull out from this, Joe. Um, but is there anyone like, let's just go 16 through 11 here. Is there anyone specific you want to talk about on like uh, big jumps you had? You had the Hunters falling down a significant amount, um, four spots down to 16. They had a really bad month last time around. Um Hong Joe is in is in your uh, at thirteen spot. They dropped six, which they obviously had an awful month as well. Um, what do you think about those teams going into this tournament? I, I, they they both seemed like obviously they would not fit a Jotes Meadow very well, right? But are are you concerned they will carry that burden sort of into this next meta as well? I think the the potential is definitely there. Yeah, um, uh, Chengdu obviously the other um, uh, really close to bubble team uh, in APAC. Uh, I mean, when you have you have two teams with twenty league points, two teams with twelve, uh, and then Chengdu and Guangzhou at seven and six respectively. Um, they they've got a lot of work to do, uh, and I don't have their you know their schedule ahead of them, but it's going to be. Uh, well, I do know their schedule because it's going to be another round robin in APAC, um, uh, and and yes, so they they've got some work ahead of them if they want to uh, try to make that uh, if they want to try to make that cutoff. I don't believe um, uh, actually we do both of our, in both of our power rankings we have Chengdu uh, still making that play in cutoff. Um, um, but it is it is going to be uh, definitely interesting for them and to see how uh, this very um, what's the word I want not not particular um, maybe unique but that's not the word I'm thinking of but it's a very unique roster that they have uh, a very very specific a very particular specific roster that they have um, uh, to see the way they're able to fit into this this new meta that it's um, only just you know beginning to coalesce. Uh, and as far as Hangzhou goes, I've got them, uh, I guess, a, a couple spots below Philly. But um, uh, it, I think right there, right there with Philly, I think that's going to be uh, a really interesting um, uh, development to watch uh, this month in the in the middle of uh, APAC. Obviously, Shanghai and Seoul can't be caught in terms of automatically qualifying, uh, automatically qualifying. Excuse me for play-ins or for playoffs. Um, um, and presumably, uh, either Hangzhou or Philly will have that uh, third spot, and so that's going to be a, a definitely an interesting um, dynamic as we go uh, to see how. Yeah, it's going to be uh, Hangzhou and Philly fight for that final spot, and um, it's going to be really hard for Ch- Chung- Chengdu and uh, the Charge. Um, it's going to be really hard for them to try to get that last number three spot. I think nearly impossible. 
uh, being five points behind for Chengdu. Um, but uh, yeah, they're they're really just defending off the Valiant so far. Um, yeah, Chengdu, Hangzhou. I I have Hangzhou all the way up at eight. So me and Joe differ uh, pretty pretty highly on that one. Um, I, I really. Yeah, although, that's although that's they also felt about true. the same. Yeah. You had them pretty that, high that, that just carried too, over so. from our um, previous midseason madness power rankings, I guess, uh, or at the end of midseason madness power rankings. Um, yeah, I, I, we both, we both had them fall a, a decent amount here. I still think they can, with the talent they have, if it's any meta where deep, if it's a meta where once again DPS is the carry instead of teamwork. Uh, I think Hangzhou will compete again because Shai can just carry the entire team. Um, so yeah, that's why I that's what uh, that's my mindset here. Um, although Sombra doesn't really feel like a carry hero too much, uh, so uh, keeping that in mind, um, it might not. It might still be very team based. Saria is also a very team based hero, stuff like that. So. Who knows what's going to happen, but I just assumed that we would go back to how the majority of the year has been where um, if you have a DPS that can carry, they will. Um, which is why I haven't knocked down Chengdu or Hangzhou too much. I have Chengdu at 13 in comparison to Joe's 16. Um, because they both have, uh, they both can be carried by their DPS players. We both have kept Washington relatively low, uh, which isn't I don't know. Maybe it's a bit surprising to some people because they still overperform their expectations after dropping some of their best players, right? Um, uh, yeah, uh, there for a while it did. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't you know super wasn't super long lived, wasn't super uh, well timed, uh, you know, competitively. Um, but yeah, I mean they yeah, were competitive. It was, it was something which for them, I, sure. I didn't expect them to be as competitive and trying as much as they are. Um, but yeah, they almost upset Dallas, which is ridiculous to me. But yeah, obviously they're still losing and not competing with top teams and winning those games. So yeah, we both have them down low here. As a team, we're just both not excited about. They're way under where they are in like the standings, I feel like, though. Um, we, we still... I don't know. You still have Boston over them. I'm going to agree. But Boston always seems to just start off their stages 0 and 4 and then at the end they do some crazy stuff that we're like okay now boston's unlocked um why why do you think this time's different joe you know this time i yeah, did not uh, i didn't buy in i was like okay i fall for this trick every time i'm keeping them i'm putting them down to 16 <laughs> you still have them at 12 yeah yeah i, I was gonna mention boston for sure because uh, yeah i'm i'm still on the uh, I suppose it's fair to say I'm on the the hopium. Uh, we don't <laughs> we don't hardly uh, use those expressions on the show much, but um, uh, it, it is all the rage to talk about uh, being on the Boston hopium, or uh, and maybe maybe not so much. But um, uh, I'm pretty confident they're at least going to make uh, you know to retain their 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 play in spot. Um, but it is, you know, it is going to be a, a road for them. They're playing, looks like Houston and Florida week one, uh, just for, for perspective. Um, and, um, uh, scrolling down, they get week two off, which is kind of nice. Um, anyway, but, uh, it, it, it's not going to be, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy, but I think, uh, the, the trend, like you're talking about, it's always, the, the trend is always good, but the, the trend is good for Boston. 
Um, uh, they play in uh, New York, Paris, Glads, and Washington to round out the stage. Um, and, and it's going to take uh, several of those to be to be wins. Um, um, but yes, the, the the trend is going well. Uh, I anticipate um, better opportunities for for some of the more recent changes um, on this roster to to give a um, or to to get a, a particular chance to shine. Um, and yeah, while it's uh, it'll be close, like I've got them right um, geographically. Uh, within their region with Florida and Washington uh, um, and teams like that um, uh, but, but I'm, I'm at least I'm at least gonna give them faith for this first week <laughs> and we'll see how it goes uh, against Houston and Florida but but yeah for now I'm gonna stay skeptical I like to keep expectations low especially for a team with you know people I don't I don't like to see disappointed. <laughs> I, I still love those uprising boys. So uh, for now, I'll, I'll keep them at sixteen, and then I, I really hope they they shine, especially with Punkin um, and my boy Askoff as the head coach. Um, all right, let's uh, let's talk. Actually, we just got uh, added on Twitter, Joe. So let's. Uh, how about you do a response right now to this person? <laughs> uh, this person. <laughs> someone was very upset that Joe put the yet. London Spitfire at number eight, um, despite them choking in back-to-back tournaments. I have them at <laughs> eleven, so they're obviously not mad at me uh, because I put them in the right spot, Joe. Um, you got faith in, in London. I, I like your optimism about London, Joe. I, I, I hope that they can perform well here, uh, going into the final stage and hopefully into playoffs. Uh, you know why? Why you got them at eight? Despite you know they a very like I'd say it was like a it was just an on and off stage for them. Like some games they showed up, some games they didn't. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, on and off stage, uh, but in general, uh, a year that's been um, uh, trending trending up for them. I, I think. Um, you know, beginning of the year, um, um, London was a, a, a novelty in terms of the uh, being able to uh, get the wins they did was was uh, you know uh, a notable. And then as um, the expectations have been going up for London um, over time, um, uh, they've continued to to be able to meet them, and so that's um, definitely significant there. Um, I see now this Twitter user, uh, uh, their their bio describes themselves as a Toronto apologist, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which may which may explain their their comment too. But uh, but, but yeah, the the London Toronto interaction. Uh, you're right. Toronto definitely um, has had the upper hand in in their essentially best of three series that they played most recently, uh, and I'm sure we're not going to see. Um, you know, we're not going to see that particular matchup here in a while, but, um, but yes, I, I am, I'm confident in both teams. They both, um, uh, made big gains in my power rankings, uh, uh, three, three points for London, five points for Toronto. Um, but yeah, as far as London goes, I mean, week one, they're playing Paris and Vancouver. Uh, that's, it's definitely going to be a good start. Um, uh, looks like while well, we're talking about schedules, they're playing Dallas and Glads week three. That's going to be a little, uh, you know, a little more daunting. Uh, and then New York and Shock to round out the to to round out the stage. Uh, but I mean, from from their perspective, 
uh, pretty comfortably tied for fifth in North America. I, I think we're definitely not uh, uh, not out of the woods yet. Um, oh yeah, uh, um, London's fine. For, they're fine for one of those playoff spots, those automatic six, and I and I, I think they're deserving of it. And I think that's hilarious that it's a Toronto apologist. <laughs> a little rivalry happening between Toronto and London at this point. Uh, is that that was just like the one team Toronto could not beat. Um, they just couldn't do it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I have Toronto one spot above London. You have Toronto one spot below London. So sounds like that triggered that person for sure, <laughs> uh, which is hilarious. Yeah, we both got Toronto going up a, a good amount as well, which you mentioned. I agree that Toronto is... I, they're, I think they're looking up. They're another team that's not just a Jotes team here for me. I think they uh, just improved overall as a team, and I think we can expect them to be good in whatever the next meta is as well, or at least compete. Um, all right, I ca- I'm kind of interested in getting our top seven, which is uh, we have the same exact seven teams in our top seven, although in different order um, for almost every single one of them except Soul, which we both have at five. Um. Uh, it's a, two surprising, I think, teams here. Atlanta, first of all, Atlanta's in both of our top seven, but despite Atlanta being uh, seventh in NA, um, and below uh, Toronto and London, who we just talked about, uh, having an all pretty didn't not even making the summer showdown. Um, Joe, why why do I, I imagine you have similar reasons why we both put this team in our top seven. Why do you have them at number six, Joe? Yeah, it's definitely close for Atlanta. Um, uh, definitely not uh, not a great month uh, this past month. Um, but and then at the same time, after the first half of the season, we had them, you know, rated number three in the league. Um, uh, when you look at uh, the the league points tally right now, they're sitting at tenth, uh, only just barely top half of of the league overall. Um, uh, but I, I'm I'm still confident that there's more that this team uh, is going to be able to pull out here uh, in this this uh, last run up to uh, the playoffs. We got to see. Um, um, Excuse me. Some of their their young talent continuing to 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 grow and to show off a little bit um, over these past couple of weeks. And yeah, while while definitely their um, uh, you, you know Joker Queen uh, era was was a little bit rough. Um, I, I anticipate once we once we go back a little bit to some some version of um, some version of normal, as we'll uh, see once the the matches start up. Um, yeah, very soon. Um, I almost said next week, but it's this week. It's it's Thursday. Um, uh, once these matches start up, we'll we'll see what things look like. But uh, but yeah, I I anticipate um, uh, where the Atlanta we're gonna see in in stage four is much more like uh, the Atlanta we saw in stages one and two, uh, as opposed to I agree. this. Uh, uh, most I recent, I just think when uh, it, the games start mattering for Atlanta, they'll be back. And, um, I, yeah, I just think Atlanta, I can't doubt them. I, I just can't. Uh, I know these players are so good. They have one of the most talented rosters in the league. And they just had a little bit of a rough stage, much like the Gladiators, who we both have in our top two, despite not even being present for the Countdown Cup or for the Summer Showdown. So, um, yeah, we both have Soul at five, and then our top four all con- both consist of the Gladiators, Dragons, shock and dallas 
Um, before we answer the Gladiators question, I guess we should answer the Dallas question as um, Dallas won um, the Summer Showdown. We both do not have them at number one. Um, which is the first time we did this, or at least I've done this this season. I put the Gladiators um, at number one after they won both times, but Dallas, not there. Um, I, I, I'll speak on Dallas and the fact that, I think I've hinted at this before, um, that I think it was obvious they were going to be very good at Jotes and a team-based meta. Once again, if this is not as team-based, I don't think they will be as good, but I don't think they will reach the lows of where they reached previously in the midseason madness. Um, because I, t- if the meta is Zarya, Hanbin's nuts at Zarya. So um, Dallas will still be competing for uh, as a top team. And I think it'll be very similar to stage one where Zarya was playable and Hanbin could play Zarya, um, where they weren't necessarily the best team, um, but they were still up there as one of the top teams fighting for the best in NA. So I think that's where they'll land. I think that's a safe prediction. Um, I have them at four, by the way. Uh, Joe, you have them at three. Um, do you mostly agree? Same sentiment as me. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, uh, we both had them uh, a jump up uh, in my in my case one place, in your case actually four places uh, from eighth uh, after the after the midseason madness. But um, uh, but yeah, Dallas Steel are definitely not um, uh, definitely not at all out of the conversation. I mean, uh, right now second in the league uh, in terms of overall league points, um, and and yeah, they're they're going to be a, a you know, absolutely something to, to be reckoned with. Uh, but when it comes to uh, these these North America interactions with uh, teams like Gladiators, with teams like the Shock, uh, I anticipate it's going to be, uh, like we have been sort of alluding to, you know, back to um, the status quo in some ways and back to um, um, uh, much much closer matches and potentially uh, oh, yeah. Big uh, time. California um, to the top again. I, okay, so you put shock at number one i have them at three um and i kind of, i'd like your number one rank shock has just been the most consistent throughout the year and is the team you can trust the most to be one of the best teams if not the best team in that meta um and you know we don't even know what this next meta is all we know is crusty and proper and everyone on this team they're gonna be dang good in the meta <laughs> let's just be honest they they're just good. Um, they're just really good. So, yeah, I, I agree with with Joe putting Shock at number one almost. I, I just can't do it as a as a Gladiator employee. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you made my argument for me when it when it comes to the San Francisco Shock. Yeah, um, uh, the, the talking about the consistency. You know, that's something we can't say. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, about the gladiators over the first three stages. That's something we can't uh, say as much about uh, the Dallas fuel over the first three stages. Um, uh, arguably saying, arguably uh, Shanghai and Seoul uh, are there too. I've got them at um, four and five together. Um, and, and really that's again, North America to, to Asia comparison is where uh, things get difficult, but, um, uh, but, but yeah, when it comes to exactly like you're talking about, you know, we don't, we don't know what's uh, 
the matches on Thursday are going to look like, but we we can uh, confirm <laughs> yep. that the San Francisco Shock. I'd say are it's almost a guarantee. Uh, this, these these players are just they're good. Um, I guess one more mention before we talk about the Glads and that. Um, I I did put Shanghai at number two, which is very up from where I had them before. And I will just admit that that is just a guess based off like previous Shanghai seasons where it takes them a bit to figure out each season, like what they're good at, what, what, what they want to play and um, sort of teamwork. And yeah, it's just a guess that uh, even if we go off Jotes in a team-based meta, I still think Shanghai will be pretty good at it. Um, And uh, my prediction is very good at it and one of the best teams. So I put them at number two based off just historical historical results with the Shanghai Dragons. Uh, but we both have the Gladiators here, which um, they didn't even make the Countdown Cup. I have them at number one. You have them at number two. Both significant rankings. Joe, why? Why? <laughs> um, despite an awful performance from the Gladiators, one of their players being injured in Patty Pond, um, and Shu leaving the team as well, why? Why are we? Why are we got the gladiators so high? <laughs> yeah, uh, and a lot of it. Um, um, it, yeah, and, and I suppose it's it, it maybe uh, for 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 those who are are not as much fans of the gladiators uh, out there, uh, it may may sound a little hypocritical uh, to talk about um, the you know the potential of this team and the um, the 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 highs that we know we can expect uh, out of this team uh, when that's been uh, you, you know nevertheless uh, cause us to rate teams lower even in this these same power rankings as we've been talking through them but. Um, that that's definitely one of the the big things here for the gladiators. I, I anticipate this month is going to be much better for them uh, than uh, the previous one was. Uh, and even then, you know, there were rumblings uh, in the universe that I'm sure uh, you would be in, in a better position even than than myself to back them up. You know about um, the 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 ways in which um, by and particularly by tournament time in the, the summer showdown, you know, the LA gladiators were you know once again a formidable team um in the excuse me the junker queen setup um uh you know despite uh taking some time to warm up into it and all those all these kinds of things um uh it, but yes yeah, so, so ultimately I, I anticipate it's going to be another another solid month for them um i mean they're again one of only uh five teams in the league right now that are, are auto qualified for playoffs um, and, and I anticipate they're gonna uh, stay stay pretty high up there, um, um, and you know it's they 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 do have a lot to play for. I think is fair to say this month. You know they've got uh, some some face to save uh, when it comes into you know the real postseason time. But um, I, I think the the uh, I'm feeling pretty confident in their their abilities to maintain. Yeah, that, uh, I agree. I, I think for the, it's just for worth pointing out like the last two games of last stage. Um, I mean, obviously one of them was against Paris, but specifically the one against Atlanta, I think showed a lot of resiliency, a lot. It was a good story for the gladiators. And I think it was a very good learning stage for them, um, for a team that needed it for sure with a, you know, a first time head coach and face, um, a lot of young players, um, specifically Reiner who, who never sort of, 
I mean, Reiner is someone who comes from like American Tornado, one of the most dominant contenders teams. He never really had some adversity. He kind of, you kind of need some adversity, you know? So him getting benched for space in the end, I think that's huge for a player like him who is so competitive. And I know, uh, I know him personally. I know he, he wants to be the best. Um, so I think it's, it's huge for this team and it's a really good moment for this team that they sort of needed this season for sure. Um, and I think they will bounce back. That's why I have them at number one and towards even like towards the end of with space in towards the end of that summer showdown, I still would have predicted them to go super far in that tournament. I think they might've gotten third to be honest. Um, like they were looking really good once they sort of figured out the meta and where, how they fit in it and who they needed to play. So yeah, just a slow start, hard schedule last, um, last stage. I still think they're one of the best teams and I have them as the best biased, of course, very biased. Um, but yeah, those are our power rankings. Once again, go check them out on our Twitter. Um, but we have, we still have predictions to do as well, which, by the way, Joe took the lead in their predictions because they finally counted the crystal ball picks, which apparently I didn't submit, which is sad. Yeah, I was going to yeah, ask I, if that was sure enough yeah. what happened. Yeah. Huh. Speaking of which, um, and everybody listening can go do their crystal ball picks for countdown cup and playoffs. Uh, my advice is yeah. pick the teams like, that have already qualified. Can, <laughs> yeah. Because the, the reason, because not you can't. Is, so there's no reason um, not to, <laughs> if you want to get even, because you get extra points if you pick the winner, right? So, so if, if you think a team that has not qualified That's for true. playoffs That's yet, um, is going to win the whole thing, you can risk it. And you can be like, oh, I'm going to pick this team. They haven't qualified yet, but I think they're going to win it all. Um, or you, you could just play it safe and you could get the easy points. It's um, true. There. It's true. Because let's be honest, uh, picking the Shock Gladiators or Dallas Fuel, that's a pretty good bet. <laughs> Honestly, I'd, I'd say one of those teams could be the winner for sure. Or picking the Shanghai Dragons or someone like that. Like, yeah, that's a, that sounds pretty good to me. They clinch playoffs and... They have a very good chance of winning. At this point, my crystal ball picks have been the same every time. It's the Chalk and Gladiators and Dragons and Dynasty. Wouldn't have worked out last time for, uh, if they would have submitted because the Glads didn't make it. But, hell, um, I think they're pretty good picks. Um, but, yeah, another thing. I don't think we ever mentioned you can earn owl tokens, by the way, uh, through pickums now, which is cool. Yeah, this is this is new just for this tournament. So I was kind of, uh, I was going to mention that myself. Yeah, um, it's a good bet. And of, there are a lot. This isn't of, like uh, a points, uh, double points thing. There are a lot of them. Um, looks like four NA three APAC just for one weekend, uh, and you can if you get it right, you get three tokens. Um, do you just? Yeah. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. And, you'll, and, you, ask. and you just need the winner. You don't um, so need three to tokens score. if you just so. pick the winner. Just pick the winner. Yeah. Um, that's all you got to do. Yeah, I saw that um, You got Gladiators Titans as one of the picks. That's three tokens right there. It's, f- it's a free three tokens. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go down and let's start picking. Uh, unlike any other first week, we actually have the East playing uh, this this first week of the Countdown Cup. So 
Uh, we got a, a huge slate of games. Let's be honest. The schedule's so weird this stage. I'm so confused by it. Uh, but yeah, we have a very... Uh, we have a huge slate of games here to, to lead us off in the Countdown Cup. Uh, let's start over in APAC with Chengdu versus Hangzhou, both two teams that struggled uh, in the last stage, no doubt about it, hoping to bounce back this stage. Um, you have more points, Joe, so who do you think is going to win? Yeah. No, um, no. In fact, I'm, I'm changing my pick right here as we are sitting uh, <laughs> live on the show. Um, I, I think it's gonna be close. Uh, I had it. I had it in five maps actually to to kick off um, uh, the East region, just because because why not? Uh, and I still do here. Um, but Ooh. I I just swapped uh, from the Hangzhou Spark to the Chengdu Hunters. Um, um, uh, you know the the kinds of things we talked about this team. Uh, you know this is uh, number one. Uh, you know uh, a team that's gonna mechanically really need it in terms of their uh their their overall overall points for the month but also in general if if things are going to be different if things are going to be um uh exciting um uh meta wise and changing things up like i want to i want to yeah. see the leave sombra versus the the, the shy sombra for example um it will um, be a good match um, and i think it's that fitting that we're predicting match. different teams i'm going hangzhou spark i think it's going to be close but i'll i'll pick the opposite here because i i think it go, could go either way i'll go spark um all right we got a european matchup um it could be the last european matchup in the overwatch league uh history joe it could could very well be could very well be the last time we have two European oh, wow. teams face That's off true. because the Paris Eternal are confirmed to be the Las Vegas, maybe not Eternal. I don't know what their nickname is going to be if they change it. They're going to be Las Vegas next year. So London. And, and you know what I just realized? Not only does this match have the potential to be the last European matchup, um, but uh, if London wins, oh, uh, this wow. is also the match that Which, will eliminate uh, Paris yeah, from playoffs. Do you think London's <laughs> going to do that, Joe? <laughs> which, which will guarantee that this is the last European matchup in the Overwatch League. Um, uh, it, and in that case, yes, I, I, <laughs> I am uh, leaning into London here. Um, uh, like I said, this is a um, the, the kind of win that they desperately need uh, in order to, to <laughs> hang into their... Well, I don't know about desperately. That sounds harsh, but uh, they, they, they definitely need to hang on to their, their position here. Um, uh, and yeah, I think uh, uh, very, very poetically uh, they'll, uh, you know, like we're talking about, we beat the Paris Eternal. It's our last European matchup of uh, the league history, at least for now. Um, uh, and <laughs> we'll, we'll send Paris uh, metaphorically home <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going London on too. Day one. This should be an easy one for London. If Paris pulls off this upset, that, that'll be a good one for the history books, but I'll, I'll go with London. Um, Gladiators, Florida play right after oh, yeah. that. Uh, Gladiators struggling. Florida continue to rise. Um, this, this will be good. Last time they faced off was like in the summer showdown and the Gladiators absolutely smacked them. Not the summer showdown, the midseason madness. Gladiators absolutely smacked them. Um, do you think they'll do the same here, Joe, or, uh, will Florida be able to finally beat the gladiators? Um, yeah, this is, 
I, I picked this match for us to talk about just because of the the storyline. Like you're talking about, this is uh, the the first chance the Gladiators have had in a while to um, uh, to to find this kind of definitive win. Uh, in 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 this case, in my uh, from my perspective, I think they're going to. Uh, I'm, I'm leaning into the Gladiators here on this pick. Um, uh, but it, it should be a good one. It, it's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be a stomp. I don't think. Um, Florida definitely have the potential, uh, both in this game and in this, um, or in their second game against Boston, uh, uh, to to play things close, uh, to to come out with wins. And a lot of it's going to depend on how comfortable, uh, really, for both of these teams, uh, how comfortable they're um, uh, yeah, feeling. Yeah, I this, agree. And uh, I'm going to go Gladiators by a lot, three nothing. Um. I don't know why. I don't know who's going to be good or not uh, here. I just know that uh, based off our last com video, comms video, our team is very confident against the Florida Mayhem. And we, yeah, we we, we really like to beat the Florida Mayhem. So I think we'll do it again. Um, all right, last last game, <laughs> Shock Justice. Um, I don't think we ended up seeing this in the Countdown Cup tournament. Um, but... Uh, yeah, Shock versus Justice. Justice, uh, more competitive than we thought they would be, and then Shock uh, in the fourth stage here. Um, looking to just continue to dominate, be one of the best teams in the league. Uh, who you got? Uh, yeah, you're right. We didn't see it in the, the Summer Showdown tournament, but we did see it in the Summer Showdown regular season. If you remember back in, in week one oh, of Summer yeah. Showdown, this was... Um, uh, went all the way to five maps. Washington took him. Um, this was a, a, a famous match at the time, and so now we get the uh, the rematch uh, for the second time in two stages. Um, uh, and so the the potential's there, the history's there, uh, the the talent is there. You know all these kinds of things. Um, uh, doesn't mean I'm still not leaning into shock. Uh, I've got uh, I've got them locked in on my pickums um, to go two zero this. Um, this first week, um, but wouldn't it be like the Washington Justice uh, to, to serve as just as exciting a match? Oh yeah, but uh, would be super interesting. The they were able to pull this off. Um, I'm down for it. That'd be awesome. But I gotta go to shock. Um, I just can't. I can't justify picking the Justice in this game. Um, although they they've gotten close to some major upsets this season, that's for sure. They've taken <laughs> a lot of good teams to five maps. They haven't pulled it out yet, so I can't give it to them quite yet. Um, and they got a rough first week with fuel shock back to back. My God. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pick the shock here. Uh, but yeah, this was, this was a long episode. Lots to talk about. And I'm sure there will be lots to talk about, uh, this entire month and a half left of the season with overwatch two releasing and the playoffs coming. So man, um, anything else to say? I mean, we said a lot, but the, there always could be anything else to say, Joe. Yeah, so many things to say. Um, oh, I don't think we included it, and I didn't check today to see if it was still going on. But if they're still doing the um, purchase all your holiday cosmetics events in Overwatch 1, I think we just missed talking about that in our our last show. Um, you can go into Overwatch 1 and spend all your credits on holiday cosmetics, because it sounds like those will be like rotating through the store occasionally and so it may oh, be yeah. a while till you run um, into them that's so a pretty important event still doing because that, they, they will too. be locked back up don't know specifics honestly around what's going to be happening with those skins 
or what you'll be able to spend on them and stuff like that come overwatch too so i would i personally would probably go buy what i would want to buy and use my overwatch credits now um so yeah go do that while you can uh, but thank you all for listening if you want to follow us on twitter my twitter's at jwgeorgeiv joe's is at kirkpatrick underscore inc inc and our show twitter's at on the flank show you're listening to this one way if you want to listen to it in a different way go to on hyphen the hyphen flank.podcast.co or on itunes apple Podcasts, spotify and google play thank you guys for listening and enjoy the first week of the countdown cup hopefully a pretty big meta shakeup.